Hello, welcome to today's episode, Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. I am Corwin Heller. And welcome back. It has been a little bit, but we are here uh, gracing your ears. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's the show. You love it. Um, <laughs> welcome to the Thursday episode. It is We're recording this. On uh, October 5th, just about 9 o'clock p.m. here on the East Coast, um, <laughs> Yom Kippur has passed. The fast is completed. We have all munched on our meals. And it is now time to get back into um, the work that is truly never finished, um, sports discussion. <laughs> it will never end, and I reap the day that it does. We, we atone for our sins so that we can... Um, enjoy the pleasures of Yankees baseball, which has been a mixed bag as of late. The team failed to reach a hundred wins for the season, which uh, 99, whatever. Uh, However, it's been pretty fun since the star of the Yankees, Aaron judge smacked home run number 62 yesterday, as we're recording this October 4th in the second game of a doubleheader against the Texas Rangers to take on the AL home run record uh, just passing Roger Maris by a single home run much as he passed Ruth Pryor by also a single home run um, it now, now that judge ended up getting pulled from that game because he had started he had started I think 50 something games straight which just does not happen anymore like Aaron Judge only did not play five Yankees games this entire season um, which is considerable Um, so he got pulled from the game late yesterday and then didn't play in the final game of the season so his stat line locked in um, has him leading all of MLB in the following categories runs home runs RBIs on-base percent, slugging, OPS, OPS plus, and total bases, and he led the American League in walks. He fell just shy of taking home the uh, batting title, which would have also given him then the triple crown as um, Aaron Judge finished his season with a batting average of 311. The AL leader in batting average was... um, Luis Arias with 315. Judge was second. Uh, and then Bogarts had a tragic fall at the end of the year down to 305. He was at like 315 early. So you're telling me Luis Arias did not go 0 for 9 today to drop below Judge? I'm not convinced Luis Arias played today. I, he has been missing. I I think the Twins have been benching him to get, keep Stop him with the, the, the record. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um. Yeah, Corbin Heller, 10.7 baseball reference war, 11 and a half fan graphs war. Um, man, what do you think of this season? It's very impressive. I mean, the man set the record for the seventh most home runs hit in a season in MLB history. It's just, it's one that needs to be celebrated, discussed, talked about, and Put on a pedestal amongst the all-time greats. Don't be a dick. <laughs> How uh, many? First of all, seven seventh most home runs is still 
crazy. We're talking a top 10 home run season all time. Oh, and second absolutely. of all, hold on, hold on. How many guys is that's the real question is it's not how many seasons, how many guys have hit 62 or more home runs? Five, four. I think it's less than that. Maris bonds. Maris did not hit 62 or more. He hit 61. All right. So bonds. McGuire, Sosa. Sosa. And I, I think there was one or two guys at the bottom of that list. I think it's I think it's them and then Judge. Unless, unless I'm thinking of Judge and Maris at the bottom of that list, and that was just whatever it was when he had hit 61. My uh my query is still a running. Well, yeah, no, it's just it's just those four guys: Bonds, McGuire, Sosa, Judge. Well, that's it wild i'm not saying it's not impressive he's the only clean guy to do it no guy has come close and by all means it's i think from a a, a power hitting either an ops or a slugging percentage whatever it was I, i am not recalling and please don't quote me because everything i say is incorrect but it was like the 24th best season offensively or maybe it was war of all time which no matter how you cut it the 24th best season by an individual player in all of baseball history that goes back nearly 150 years if not more is fucking insane still not every pick <laughs> he absolutely is and you fucking know it well, you know, hit the most home runs, hit the actual home run record. We can talk. It is not the all right, the actual home run record is 73. Let's be let's be crystal clear. You know, I I, I don't see, you know, Peyton Manning talking about he how he threw the most touchdown passes in the AFC history. That doesn't make any damn sense. You got one league, MLB. I don't know what the point was there. <laughs> 73 I, is the record. Like Greg's wedding speech, I was figuring it out as I was going along. I did not come into it with a point to get to. We were saying <laughs> words and see what came out after. You you must make more references that are not specific to our circle of friends. Why? No one else listens to us. It's just us. No, just us having a conversation here. People exclusively who are not friends with us listen to this show. <laughs> It's true. Our friends do not listen to this. Absolutely not. I've not looked at how many listeners we've had ever. I think I'm going to at some point now to see if it's a single digit. Uh, People listen to the show. (laughs) I don't know. It's not the point. The point is uh, this season by Aaron Judge post-integration is the 10th best OPS plus season of all time. Oh, of all time. Since integration. 10th? Since integration. Yeah. Wow. Since integration, it's Barry Bonds at number one, two, three, and five for for best OPS plus seasons. Ted Williams' 1957 season, which I did not realize he played post-integration, so that's kind of nuts. Mantle 
in 57, Maguire in 98, Bagwell and Thomas in 94, and then Aaron Judge just now. Is wow. the is it literally a top 10 offensive season in the integration era of baseball? I'll be honest, uh it's hard to argue that. Suck my balls. Yeah. That's my follow-up there. I will. I will suck your balls. I don't like it now that you're saying it. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> um, Shohai Otani, which is Corwin's obvious uh pick here whether he's being sincere or not uh finished the year with 3.9 fwar for batting and 5.4 fwar for pitching uh, which will give him 9.3 war overall on fan graphs two and change shy of our man um a ron judge we've had this debate a bunch i'm not sure it's worth continuing to have just because the points are going to be well, the same, um, but it will it will be interesting to see how it shakes out now that he officially broke the record. You know, it it even though he was on pace to do it, and it would make it felt so much less likely that he would do it than he would do it um, if he had had the colossal season that he did, but didn't break the record. I think there's less of a anecdotal case to be made you know a storytelling a, a continuance of greatness within the sport as it as it changes over the course of time uh, that goes part and parcel with i think his mvp story for this year um rather than if he did break it which he obviously did um I certainly greatly helps tell the story of this mvp season not that i think for me personally not that i think judge necessarily needs that uh an 11 and a half win season hasn't been done literally since Barry Bonds. Like it's that nuts of a year. Uh, but having actually broken the record is still a, quite the help. If you were to look not just at what was done this season, because obviously players have up and down seasons, obviously, you know, there are other factors than just what is put on the field. After what you saw this year, having seen practically every single game of Aaron Judge, and of course we'll make this unbiased completely, is he the best player in baseball? This year? Yeah. Next year? Uh, it's still probably either Mike Trout or Shohei Otani. What, in a contract year, what level of I don't want to say numbers. What level of contract does that pull? The highest. Even at 30 going into his age 31 season. Shohei Otani just got a $30 million contract to avoid arbitration, which Correct. is the highest ever given out. Correct. If judge is going to be able to say, I just beat this man's ass in MVP voting, which let's just assume for this conversation, he does. That should not he should be over that per year. Yeah, if I'm judging his agent, position. he plays two positions. I'll stop. I'll stop. You go ahead. Plays a lots of positions. Plays all the positions. He can have whatever position he wants to have. 
he plays center. He plays right. He DHs. That's three positions right there. If he comes up to the manager in the bullpen and says, I'm pitching today, you say, yes, sir. That, you know, there's all those anecdotes from um, like early baseball where it's like, if Mr. Williams didn't swing at it, it wasn't a strike. You know, all that type of shit that like umps would be reported as having said for historically great players with great eyes. And it's like, ah, that's stupid. But then you're watching Judge get rung up on really bad pitches or pitches that like were borderline enough that a guy going through the home run chase, I would think you should have a more lenient strike zone in <laughs> because like, come on, who fucking cares? It's like the Rangers. Why do we give a shit? Mm-hmm. Part of me would be like, if he's not swinging that, don't call it a strike. <laughs> I don't care. That shit's down the fucking middle. Don't call it a strike. That was just me being an angry Yankees fan. <laughs> Um, not a real world opinion. I think if he wants to pitch next year, he pitches and whoever is on the mound that day has to play the right field. I think we should let him pitch, but from a higher mound. Give him an even more of advantage, even a greater height, height advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. If we're out here changing rules, let's just fucking get weird with it. The variable height mound. That would be an interesting rule. (laughs) Interesting. <laughs> brought to you by sleep number mattresses <laughs> just have the batter in one of those dunk tanks with like a, a really tiny I don't know, plate to hit and if he can hit it from 90 and a half feet away or however far the mound is you're out that's it so so it's like shrink, shrinking the strike zone but there's a severe consequence for hitting like the middle of it Yes. Yeah. Sure. Anywho. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Classic Corwin tangent. Uh, pulled home runs now only count for half. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, left-handed hitters. Oh Jesus. <laughs> well, it would have been a grand slam, but he pulled it. This son of a bitch pulled it. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's one of the stupidest thoughts I've ever had. Unless it hits the foul pole, then it's two home runs. Oh, foul pole home runs should absolutely count for more. God, could you imagine just like your average oppo hitter just mashing, and then all of your pull power hitters are just like trying to expertly snipe a foul pole over and over and over again. Well, and it would lead to a lot more pitchers pitching like inside versus outside, because if you pitch outside, you're letting yourself open to an opposite field home run. So you'd start pitching inside to get all these pull jobs. Okay. Robert Kraft going after the pull jobs. I see. Yeah. All these guys are trying to get tugged off by (laughs) anyway. Um, what are we saying? The league just shoots up the number of hits batsmen. Teams can't uh, field yeah. players because everyone's getting hit. <laughs> Sorry, if you go to um baseball reference and look at um the lineup photos uh, and look at the Cardinals page and look at their lineup photos, for some reason Albert Pujols's is just slightly bigger than everyone else's. Like As it they, should be. They zoomed in more on his face, so it's a row of dudes about, I don't know, six feet from the camera and then it's Albert Pujols who was like only three feet. <laughs> it makes it look weirdly intimidating. 
Um, <laughs> like I'm right here. Speaking yeah, of Albert Pujols, should be it's 700. Uh, and then some. Since the season has concluded, since the last time Corwin and I have spoken, Albert Pujols has finished his regular season career with a whopping 703 home runs, taking in just a few extra ones to finish his year. Uh, batting 270, 345, 550. That is an 895 OPS and a 154 OPS plus. Nine points better than his career average. A career year for Albert Pujols, who smacked 24 home runs this year. A milestone that he has not reached since 2016 when he hit 31. He put up two war on the year and finishes his career with 101.5. Oh, isn't it great to see? I did not get to watch it live. And as much as I absolutely regret that, um, just knowing it happened and being able to follow along, follow along, along the way was a cherishable memory. It was such an it was such an infuriating 700th home run as a non Cardinals fan because you got it was a two home run game, so you get the notification that he's at 699. And I said to Kelly, he just hit 699. We're watching Cardinals games tomorrow. We're gonna watch Cardinals games till he hits it. And she goes, okay. And then, and then 45 minutes later, it's, oh, well, fuck, you fucking did it. Like, Hell yeah. God damn it. Wasn't like that asshole judge and waited 11 games. That was actually kind of upsetting. I got really tired of, you know, having to watch exclusively Yankees games with that much attention. What? You Usually I'm more casual with my baseball. You didn't like viewing. seeing Robert Maris Jr. have to travel around the country 24 7? Robert Maris Jr. Robert. Classic Robert. <laughs> Whatever you know, yeah. you can't talk. It, it was really annoying, also, like... because like every judge at bat led to Michael K going. And if you're joining us, welcome to the uh, Yes Network. Uh, and it's like, oh, I get why. Fucking but... bullshit cutaways during college football on Saturday. Suck my dick. That's fucking ridiculous. Why on mm. earth would I be watching? No, 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 no. I'm not saying this as someone who's like, yo, fuck the Yankees, fuck Aaron Judge. As a sports fan, if you were watching the Jets play football and it cut away to some, I don't know, uh, Matt Olson going for the cycle or some bullshit, it doesn't matter the context, even though it was Judge. Why would you want to get pulled away to a sport you don't want to watch and miss the sport you do want to watch? when you have the power to turn the other sport on if you want to anyway. Because it's a historic Silly. moment. Suck my balls. But don't force me to watch the historic moment. You already have coverage for it. If I want to watch it, I'll watch it. I don't want to watch it. Sports is a community. What I'm trying to watch. You're about to witness history. Get over it. You are building a soapbox just to stand on it. Absolutely not. It's such a minor inconvenience for what is a very important moment in history. I know for a fact if the teams were reversed, you would be up in arms. Not at all. Hmm. Dude, if fucking um, Matt Olson 
National League player was at 72 home runs and the Jets game was on and he was about to tie Barry Bonds record. You're also I would want them to cut in. You're also saying that as a baseball fan. Pick All right, sport, fine. You know, if Cristiano if it Ronaldo golf, it was, some was about a golf event. But what but what would be the, the be the equivalent? Uh Rory winning the Masters this year and uh going for the career grand slam. What's a career grand slam? Winning all four majors. See, exactly. Like you don't you're but everyone knows what the home run record is, conceptually speaking, not necessarily the number. Okay, sure, but you watch baseball. No, but I know, but you matter. need I, give me a counting stat type of thing. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to say that you know Cristiano Ronaldo is going for the se- single season goal score record or some shit like that, sure. which like I don't give a fuck. But if it's the record, and he's got a chance to break because that's the other tough thing to compare it to, is that baseball has these these small moments that are quantifiable. Aaron judges at bat is a thing that I can tell you when it's going to happen within five minutes of it happening. And then it will end within five minutes of it starting. It's tough to do that with other sports. The easiest one might even actually be like a racing sport. Then something that has Absolutely. like, because you know, like if you told you me that watch uh, the last lap of a, a NASCAR event, that's third right, or like formula over. one, like if Lewis Hamilton's going for the fastest or most longest distance in a formula one race, I think that's, you do you have 24 hours to go as far as you can. I think that's the Formula One. But like listen, regardless. ESPN, e- listen, ESPN, if this is such a tremendous achievement, put it on when there would be a regularly scheduled commercial break in football when we have those literally all the time. And don't make me miss a scoring drive because instead we're gonna watch Aaron Judge take some practice swings before stepping back into the box. So important practice swings. Uh, wildly important. He wouldn't have been able to hit those 66 two home runs with those practice swings. <laughs> Silly. Honestly, I, uh, now that I've <laughs> made a bunch of very pedantic points, um, I don't think it's a big deal to miss those at bats because there's so many avenues to collect those videos now. Like it, we we both did not watch Albert Pujols 700th home run live. We both saw those videos probably within four minutes of it happening. Mm-hmm. So to that effect, look if ESPN thinks that it's helpful and ESPN wants to do it. Uh, and you're tuning into an ESPN game and you have to abide by their rules, whatever. Like we have no control over it. If, if they're, if they think it is the best call for their sports centric environment, where it's not just about college football, it's about the world of sports. All right, whatever. But it is not important to do like it would have been 20 years ago when bonds broke the record right. because we didn't have cell phones that had video on them. Cause you might never see bonds hit that ball. If well, you were not watching it live. And you wouldn't hear about it. That's the other thing is we both heard about Albert Pujols 700th home run within minutes of it happening and had video the second we heard about it. You might not have even heard that Bonds, let's say, hit 73 until the next day when you watch the morning news. And then you'd probably get video of it unless they were teasing another segment that where they were going to show it in 
and then they didn't do it and you had to leave for work that day, in which case you wouldn't see it until you got home. Like there there was a greater sense of a lacking of time that we don't have necessarily right now because of the availability of things like notifications and highlights. So to that effect, if this was 20 years ago, I don't think we're even having this conversation. Yeah, if it's 1985 and you get, you know, four channels and it's like, all right, I, if I'm not a baseball fan, I might not even be aware the chase is happening. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is cool. This is Corn, I hate to break to you. Serious. 20 years ago is 2002. <laughs> you said 1985 and the 80s. The 80s was 20 years ago when we were kids. It is not 20 years ago anymore, my friend. Gosh, I need you to end the podcast before I have a panic attack. Um, complete aside, but I guess it's gen- relative since we're talking football. Uh, and I wondered if this was going to happen. I actually thought that this was going to happen. So now that it has happened, this is kind of interesting. Uh, the protester who was tackled by a Bobby Wagner while he was streaking has officially filed a police report against Bobby Wagner. Interesting. Which. I actually did kind of see coming. It seemed like a bad move by Wagner to do. Uh, it Especially like with his helmet on and everything. Obviously, like, there's going to be other people that can take care of that situation. In a legal sense, when not in the truest sense of the law, but in how this is going to perceived by the be perceived by the court. I cannot imagine them holding this against Wagner. I absolutely could see this getting, see this being thrown out. I mean, it depends. I don't look, neither of us are lawyers. We have no idea how any of this works, but I would imagine that Bobby Wagner's tackling would be, could be seen as excessive force. Yeah. Um, in, in some respect, but I would also imagine because he is completely uninvolved as someone who is not security, not police, which these things get handled by in that instance, um, that there'd also be some issues with his direct involvement in that respect. Also, my guy, you are a professional football athlete. Do not hit regular people. You are too big. You are too big for that. Correct. It's not self-defense. The man was not coming for you. You don't know that could have been uh, a wild attacker who was distracted by all the guys wearing very confusing uniforms that all look he's a Jeffrey Dahmer, for, but only for Bobby Wagner's. Yeah, that that missed the major identifying numbers and nameplates and, and thought it was somebody else. I kill and eat only Bobby Wagner's, <laughs> sir. You look delicious. Gross. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, back to baseball real quick. The Mariners have made the playoffs. Actually, let's just give a real quick recap of our playoff teams and seating since we have those things all set now. Uh, let's see. Okay. The division winning teams are the Houston Astros, the New York Yankees, and the Cleveland Guardians for the American League. The three wildcard teams for the American League are the Toronto Blue Jays, Seattle's, I was about to say Seahawks, Seattle Mariners, and Tampa Bay Rays. 
For the National League, division winners are the Los Angeles Dodgers, Atlanta Braves, and St. Louis Cardinals. The wildcard teams are the New York Mets, the San Diego Padres, and the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, teams that just missed out. Milwaukee won game back from Philadelphia um, from the wildcard spot. No one else was particularly close. Baltimore finished three games out of a wildcard spot. Um, Chicago White Sox five games out, but not otherwise not particularly close. Um, yeah, so I guess we have our brackets set up too. So the Astros and the Yankees both get buys. The Blue Jays face off against the Mariners to start, and the Guardians face off against the Rays to start. Uh, Corbin, first off, how do you feel about the Mariners making the playoffs for the first time in 21 years? Uh, absolutely love it. Uh, there's no team that is more deserving, and I hope they go all the way to the World Series and beat the ever-loving shit out of the Dodgers. Sure enough. Um, it's an amazing team to have seen made it this far because it feels like they've been on the cusp of making the playoffs for the past like three or four years, but there was so much noise in their stats and performance that it was tough to really see how they would pin down where they needed to improve. But generally speaking, the bats all showed up. The only weak point was from Adam Frazier. Everyone else was a league average hitter or better, honestly. Um, or Adam Frazier. I know. Julio Rodriguez added a huge needed spark of, of offense um, to the team. 145 OPS plus now um, finishing as the season leader in um, in that mark. And the pitching was fine. This is where they're going to be tested the most come playoff time. Uh, I would assume their starting four would be Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, Luis Castillo, and... Yes. I hate to say Chris Flexen, Marco Gonzalez, one of those guys. Um, their bullpen is good, so they should be able to find some success later in the game in that area. But with uh, these initial three game sets, five game sets, I forget which where we are at now with those. But um, it'll be interesting to see how the bullpen or the starting pitching fares in the beginning there. But Super fun. Super fun to see them have made it this far. Um, no other real surprises. Honestly, the Blue Jays and the Rays making the playoffs, I think, is something that we all predicted happening in the beginning of the season. Astros winning their division is not surprising. Yankees winning the division is not surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, National League side of things, the Dodgers uh, get a bye and the Braves get a bye. So we'll loop back to the Braves in a second. The Mets start off facing off against the Padres. Uh, the Cardinals start off against the Phillies. Uh, so let's take a brief moment to acknowledge the fact that the Mets, the Mets, uh, I saw a stat the other day that I, I, I can't recall offhand that the Mets managed, like let's say a baseball season is 180, 81 games, 81 days, and the Mets mm. managed to lead for like 176 of them <laughs> in the division and still lost the division. And this it's is not, like last year. Even, worse. It's not even leading for 176 because they could have taken that in April and just wrote it on out. No, they led for the first 176. Ay, 
God, that's <sighs> got to be. And I saw something like I definitely saw a lot of tweets making fun of it. The one I saw where it was like, yeah, they were still on like a pretty above average pace ever since. It just so happens the Braves went super nuclear. Supernova. Oh, they were supernova. Yeah, they they went off. The Mets finished the second half of the year at like a, I think like it was like a 94 win pace, but the Braves finished the last half of their year at like a 116 game win pace. It which was just is, nuts. Which is the definition of supernova. 116 wins. That's pretty good. I mean, at the end of the day, the Braves won the division with 101 wins and the Mets lost the division with 100 wins. Like, goddamn. And it really completely reshapes now how this is going to get looked at because they now have such different routes to the playoffs. Because now, because the Mets didn't win their division, if they make it out of the first round against the Padres, their second round is against the Dodgers. Good luck. The Braves now get a bye, so they don't have a first round. But their second round is going to be against either the Cardinals or the Phillies, which is a much easier route than having to go up against the Dodgers. So it, it completely like having to face the, the toughest team, the team to be like they set a franchise record in wins this year at 111 wins. They are the team to beat having getting to avoid them is such a gigantic win. Yeah, no, uh, not having to play the Padres is probably the biggest possible. You mean the Dodgers? Yeah, no, uh, I would play the Padres. Um, not having to play the Dodgers is probably the, the best indicator for success you could have gotten out of the playoff seedings. Yeah, because I mean, it means that if the Braves do end up having to face off against the Dodgers, it'll be in the NLCS. And it'll be three rounds of playoffs in, which a lot's for enough randomness where who knows. Um, plus, the Braves are very, very fucking good. I mean, as yes. they've just demonstrated, this is crazy good shit that we're seeing here. So, uh, Mets, Padres, who would you have? One game series, the Mets. Three, three game, game series, series, the Padres. Mm. Cardinals, Phillies, who'd you have? Cardinals. I don't know who's picking the Phillies here. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the, the Phillies twice this year, and I think they won both games and looked awful doing so. So given that sample size, Cardinals. Also, yeah. because we talked about it here on the podcast, uh, box seats, sweet seats at uh, MLB stadiums, wildly expensive, still not worth it. Yeah, I um I had a I had a suite once for a Jets game because one of my companies owned a suite or not owned but you know like had a suite yeah, at a Jets yeah. game. Um I can't imagine paying for it. Oh, can't imagine because and it sounded like when we were talking about this your experience was much the same where it's like there's free food and there's free drinks and shit and you know the food's fine and the drinks are nice. But outside of that, it's, yeah. I mean, you're just watching a game. And, and it's free to us because we were given the seats. Right. You're buying it. You're paying extra for all of that. Yes, it is included in the fee. It's a, it's a good point. Somewhat mediocre. Like, it was good food. 
it was ballpark food. It wasn't great ballpark food. It was great free ballpark food. It's ballpark food that if I was paying the price they asked me to pay, I'd probably be upset. Especially when you consider the fact that, and it's because it's a little bit different. NFL stadiums, you cannot bring in your own food. Baseball stadiums, you absolutely can. And so it kind of also makes even less sense to pay for it at a baseball park where, I mean, look, not for nothing. You go park at the Grand Concourse Plaza. You go stop at the the, the Popeyes right there next to like that fucking supermarket. You walk that Popeyes two blocks, Yankee Stadium, mm-hmm. bring it on in. All the all the, the security workers can be like, yeah, the Popeyes, huh? Good fucking call, man. And then they're going to dap you up and you're going to go walk and you're going to go eat your spicy little chicken wings all all nice and and and, and delicious at your seats like a fucking champion. All right. Or and you're going to do all that for like for two people for like twenty, twenty five dollars. Or you can go get one beer and one hot dog per person and spend fifty dollars. Yes. Yes. Not worth it. No. Uh, one of the guys I work with uh, also got tickets to go and join it. And it was like the first cold night of the year. And his son was freezing. And he's like, Dad, I'm fucking dying here. And he's like, All right, we'll go get you a sweatshirt. $90 for a sweatshirt <laughs> at the Phillies game. And it's like, Holy shit. Like, I can't tell you the last time I spent $90 on any article of clothing ever. And a Child Your wardrobe size. looks up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. Damn. Um, a child size sweater. Yeah. No. I just what would have been? I just got three work shirts. Beautiful for ninety dollars total. Suck my dick. It would have been if this was a a, a cartoon. What would have been a very funny thing is dad, I'm cold, and he he goes and guts the Philly frenetic Tauntaun style and puts his son in it for warmth. Oh geez. I um I now have something I, I know exists on the internet somewhere, but I need to go find it. I had to try to explain gritty to Cal the other day because we were watching Abbott Elementary and the, the season two episode one has Gritty as one of the characters. She was like, what is Gritty? And I was like, ah, oh, he's the Flyers mascot. And she was like, why is he so popular? And I'm like, <laughs> well. it's like, well, they made him to be like disgusting and they succeeded in a way that was funny, but also kind of terrifying. And she was like, why did they want that? I'm like, because it's fun. we all laughed at them when it happened, and eventually we realized it was everything we possibly wanted. I mean, it is really rare to see that level of like pop culture aware campiness, yeah, work. Yeah, they've done something that many, many hundred million dollar films have been incapable of doing. Which is self-awareness without being cringe. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Like, I, yeah. I hate the Flyers. I love Gritty. How can you not? Yeah. 
Um, well, he, he could have stabbed you in a fucking dark alley one night. I could see you hating him then, and I could totally see that happening. Uh, yeah. You'd say thank and you. That's, we love him because he's everything you expect out of someone from Philly. Yeah, it's it's like terrifying and funny at the same time, and you're not quite sure which one feeling is winning that internal battle. Mm, perfect. It's 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 weird. That's it's Philadelphia. Um, I guess we'll wrap up here with um some football talk. Uh, a lot has gone on since we last recorded, and not enough um time in the day to cover it all. So we're not gonna try. We're just trying to try to improve. Uh, Jets beat the Steelers. Jets beat the Steelers. Jets beat the Steelers. The New York Jets beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jets beat the Steelers last Sunday. Um, in a game, nobody would think the Jets would win because God, why would you ever think the Jets would win? And why do you think the Jets would ever win against Mike Tomlin of all people? And the Jets beat the Steelers. Um, they did. They did. They Corbin, how do you did. feel about Mitch Trubisky? <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm so happy that he's going to walk out there on Sunday. He's going to call tails. One of the teams is going to win. I don't give a shit who does, but then he's going to walk back to the sidelines and sit down. And that's the best you could ask for. Um, in an effort to reach across the aisle here, we are both men who have a football team with an exciting young quarterback at the helm and a bright future ahead of us. And the Steelers are going to succeed because they're a good franchise. And we're going to drag the Jets along with us because we want to. And there's there's hope on the horizon. What more could you ask for? Uh, yeah, Kenny Pickett looked like he could be a real guy for the Steelers going forward. Um, he looked severely more competent than um, Mitch Trubisky in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny Pickett's one outing was a 77% completion percent, 120 yards, uh, no touchdowns, three interceptions, uh, which sounds significantly worse than it was. Um, we, we laugh at PFF. We go along with PFF. We are... I don't know. We have a weird relationship with pro football focus, as does pretty much everyone. They grade every single play, which is how they come up with their ratings. And they did not give out a single turnover worthy play for the entire uh, Kenny Pickett era so far. Yeah, well, I mean, one of, one of them, every single pass too. not a single ball touched the ground. There you go. Uh, yeah, one of them was the Hail Mary at the end, which uh, genuinely, what the fuck are you going to do? Um, one of them was the tip up, which we talk about this on the show all the time during football season. Uh, what are, What's the quarterback supposed to do about that? Yeah. And then I do not remember what the other interception was. It but was I also tuned into the another game. tip. It was two tipped balls. Gotcha. All, all three passes touched Pittsburgh Steelers hands before gotcha. going to the Jets. Uh, yeah. And I mean, genuinely, that Hail Mary came within six inches of working. So yeah. uh, th- that's how close the Steelers came to ultimately winning the game. 
and you know that's what makes it funny to see Mitch Trubisky ending the game with a or having um a higher quarterback rating than Kenny Pickett because man Trubisky <laughs> if you watch the game <laughs> you know that's not true oh ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah just a big old oof. um whereas from the Jets I I missed the the beginning of the game um because mm-hmm. I had things to do with my day. Um, so I only saw the end of it, but Zach Wilson looked pretty solid. He ended his day with kind of a mixed bag worth of stats, uh, 16, sorry, 18 for 36. So a 50% completion percent, 252 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, one sack, a 59, uh, quarterback rating. Um, and a receiving touchdown, which counts for absolutely nothing. Counts for everything. So, uh, I don't know. Did you see the beginning of the game? I did. Um, he, I looked at the box score at the end of the game and didn't realize how many incomplete passes there were because it didn't seem like it. He seemed like a very competent quarterback throughout. It wasn't a consistent competent, but he definitely was making throws throughout the game. It wasn't like he caught fire, or went cold or anything like that. It was just scattered out throughout. And you, at least I thought watching him, he looked like a franchise quarterback for the next several years. If he ends up turning into one of those middling, you know, middle of the pack guys who's just kind of treading water, the, you know, 14 through 24 of, you know, the quarterback rankings, maybe he falls in there, but I think he definitely has a future with the New York Jets throughout the, the rest of his deal. Yeah. What was, what was really nice to see from, again, just the, the, the bits at the end that I was able to see uh, great pocket presence and, and really solid mobility. And the decisions that he made from what I saw were never really bad. There was one pass that went right into the chest of a, of a Steelers linebacker where it was like, Oh buddy, no, 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 no. Yeah. Not a good call. I, is even if you were trying to get it over his head, you missed severely. So bad move. Um, but, but he had, um, I mean, the throws were all confident. A lot of the throws were really on the money. There was quite a few drops in there from what I saw. Um, really though, is a, just a, oh, a solid outing from a, from a quarterback. Oh, it felt so good. Um, Corey Davis had a big game. Garrett Wilson looked pretty sharp again. It was uh, oh, it was nice to see. Yeah, uh, Garrett Wilson definitely looks like a fun wide receiver. You guys have three serious dudes, so I'm, I'm, you have three serious dudes at receiver. You have two dudes at running back. You guys have a lot of pieces all right there. And if the Steelers' <sighs> offense wasn't wildly inept for the first half um, with Mitch Trubisky. It would have been a much more fun game. It did feel like a perfect matchup of dueling incompetencies for these two teams as uh, the Steelers defense is not bad, but just trying to reconfigure after the loss for the past couple of weeks of uh, TJ Watt. You know, they're not, they'll be fine, but it's always tough losing that piece after you practice with that piece for weeks heading into the season and then all of a sudden lose him. Um, and then obviously the quarterback piece is in flux as well. For the Jets, this is Zach Wilson being brought in for the first game of his 
of his season after getting some practice in, in the early goings and then getting hurt during the NFL preseason games. So there's quite a, a, a flux happening there as well. Um, but both teams look good. I felt a little bit scattershot watching and always coming into the middle of the game is uh, tough, but happy to see my team two and two, two and two are the New York jets. We have two wins. Suck it. People Two New York jet wins. Who can you believe the magic is happening? Suck it. Last place. New England Patriots at one and three. (sighs) Suck it. You want to hear a fun stat? Yes. This is the third time in the last four years that the Pittsburgh Steelers have started uh, one and three or worse. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That does not feel like it. No, I did not believe it whatsoever when I first heard it. Really? Yeah. Well, here here it is. Yeah, fucking go figure. Yeah, watch the Steelers finish their season fucking like 11-6 or some shit. I'm doing the math in my head. I don't I don't know what uh 14-3 undefeated. No, knowing the Steelers, they would they would win 10 straight to be 11 and 3, and you go like, we're gonna do it. Yeah. And then they'd lose the last three, and everyone would be like, We're still making the playoffs, and then they would get curb stomped in the playoffs and they go ah next year you watch a lot of Steelers football that's exactly (laughs) how it almost always goes I'm aware I'm aware we beat teams we have no no right beating and then lose to teams that are embarrassingly bad which unfortunately this year you can't even say because like we watch this game and it's like oh this is very evenly matched that's really bad for the Steelers and really good for the Jets. Let's go, Jets. Let's go All right. It. it is getting late over here. I'm going to bed. Yeah, let's let's wrap this shit up. We'll try to become more regular. We will try to record more episodes on Sundays like we're supposed to. Um, let's make that a goal for ourselves for this upcoming Sunday. All right. Well, in the meantime, if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juice and Pod. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at Juice the Numbers at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow Corwin on Twitter, you can do so at Corwin Help. If you'd like to follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. And uh, until Monday, you all have a good one. <laughs>